was the last big push before all this shit, before the pandemic. I stopped right before Vegas. Okay. I can't go on those tours anymore, so. You want to come to my house? I'll dress you. I'll pick clothes and I'll send right. you on your way. <laughs> Let Robert Bayer put you in flannel shirts like it's the clothes. <laughs> I send the audience like this. Um, I love you. I love you. Just tell me. Well, that's the thing. Yes, right. she, she loves well, you're you. awesome. Can you tell us how you get your start in the industry? Doing it? We are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I, I thought you were. How did I get my start in the industry? Um. Okay. I was a. Uh, a young kid in New Jersey. I was born, grew up, grew up a born again Christian, which was really, I thought. Where in New Jersey? North Jersey, Bergenfield, Tenafly area, Teaneck, Hackensack. No, but I grew up in North Jersey, and um, my parents had me leave public school and go to private born again Christian school. So I grew up a born again Christian in a private school, and as I was getting out, my parents said I was going to go to art college, and my parents decided that I couldn't go into fashion, I couldn't go to FIT because. There were too many gay people there, oh. and God didn't want me to be in school with gay people. I'm like, little do you know, so I um, they had to go to Pratt Institute for Graphic Design, and I went to school for graphic design, and I was really upset because fashion was my dream my whole life. So I went for graphic design, and I got out of college, and I started doing paste up and mechanicals for catalogs, and that was when you did it by hand. So you had to draw the lines and cut the pictures and all that training though two things i'm going to talk about jesus for a second god with my moral structure from being born again kept me from getting aids and getting sick because i came to the city and i wouldn't sleep with anybody no drinking no drugs no sex before marriage in like 1981 and i'm telling you because of my belief system i didn't get sick i guarantee you i didn't and god bless all my friends that i lost that did and then i got out and i was doing graphic design and I started doing layouts and mechanicals, and they said, we need a fashion stylist and assistant, $50 a day. And I'm like, I'll do it. Right. And I used to get on the 167 bus in Bergenfield, New Jersey. At 5 a.m., I'd come to the city, and I would sweep up. I would get the food ready, and I'd iron the clothes all morning for the models. I would do the shoot. I'd then serve all the models food. I would clean up the food, and I'd iron all night till 8 o'clock. I'd get back on the bus, come home to New Jersey, and start again at 5 in the morning. And from that, I met stylists would come on with visiting styles. They say, hey, you're good. I always tell kids, show up, shut up, and do good work. Mm -hmm. If you show up, shut up, and do good work and have a little bit of style, even if you're not a stylist, you get a job. People like hard workers. People like honest, confident. They need, they need that. So come work with me so I go freelance to this one. Then I went to freelance with another one. Then I went freelance. And then I went freelance with Patty Wilson, who was the one that is the infamous Patty Wilson now. But back then, she wasn't the infamous Patty Wilson. She's doing Italian Vogue. She's doing everybody. And with her, I met Whitney Houston and um, Jodie Foster. And we did everybody together. Yeah, and Patty taught me, you know, how to take Gautier to Maybelline. Like, so when you were doing a ghetto <laughs> makeup shoot for $500, you'd bring Gautier. Yeah, you would, you'd bring Christian Dior. You wouldn't bring, like, you know, strawberry stores. Hello. Right. Not that you couldn't, or H&M bag, the hell out. So Patty taught me how to do. Well, so well, well, not. <laughs> either way, and we ain't talking about heels, but, but, she, but you know, learning back, growing up with no money, I understand low to high, and I understand high to low, and I understand a lady has to go to an anniversary and she only has a hundred dollars to get right. the shoes, the and dress, get the job done, and a lipstick to make me look great. You show them how to do it, and yeah. that's the magic of being a, a, a real person stylist. But from that, 
Patty couldn't do a job and then I would take a job and then she couldn't take a job and then it was Patty then I got more I got a Swedish photographer fell in love with me and I went to Sweden and I did Swedish advertising and I just worked my ass in Sweden H&M was called Hennis and Moritz I did everything that I could do over in Sweden for maybe two years and then on that job I met Lauren Hutton Lauren Hutton famous supermodel Richard Avenon shoots if the, if the people listening don't know biggest supermodel of the 70s 60s too and then Lauren took me to Revlon and on Revlon I met the people that then Patrick DeMarchelet who just passed away who's one of the top photographers in the world his own magazine and then there I met Lauren I met the clients the art directors took me then to Express then yeah. they took yeah. me yeah. to Stephen Mizell and then they said everything. everything was a connection to somebody else and then at Fashion Week I was dressed wild one day and this girl said I have a client for you you look great and she was videotaping me and it was Christy Brinkley and so then Christy Brinkley took me in, and that was 31-year relationship. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. And then, oh, from Tina, from Lauren, and then Christy Brinkley, I was on the job. Christy got me an agent named Brian Bantry. And I was driving down Times Square in a car. And cell phones were as big as shoeboxes. <laughs> and there was a big cell phone. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not even the pass, but I had to stick it on my ass. Hello. Before I could use and it. pull up the antenna? Yeah. The, <laughs> the antenna was on my ass, too, to get the reception. So the cell phone is this big, and the phone rings, and I answer, and I'm like, hello. And I thought I was fabulous, though. I had already thought I had an ego. I thought I was fabulous. And I was in a car service, a shitty, broken-down car service. The guy smelled like dirty old feet and maybe like a little bit of like, oh, sauvage. I remember the day. And I'm driving down through Times Square, and the phone rings, and it's Marissa from Brian Vance, my agent. She said, do you want to do Janet Jackson? Of course. Right. I was, I, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. She goes, Paul Cavaco isn't available. He's a fashion week. He's a huge fashion editor mm -hmm. of Allure magazine. She said, Marina Schiano isn't available. She's a huge fashion right editor of Italian Vogue. Who's we love you, Janet. Right now. Hello. God put me right okay. there. She goes, so you're available. I would never have gotten that job. So I said yes. And she goes, okay, she's calling you in five minutes. I hung up the phone and I'm like, what am I going to say? Because I'm the kid. Can I say fuck? Yeah. Can I show fun? Can I do fun? <laughs> I'm the kid that was 16 years old in Bergenfield, New Jersey, in Stacy Thompson. Hey, Stacy, shout out. Spaceman. Dancing <laughs> Pleasure Principle. I was dancing a Pleasure Principle in a basement. And you know when you're young, you think a celebrity's older than you? Janet's only a year older than me. So I was dancing to this girl. And then when we did All Night Don't Stop, that outfit was a copy of how I in my head, mm. she said, how do you see Pleasure Principle redone? And I did that whole thing with the shirt, with the writing on her and cleats and hello. So, <laughs> hello. Yeah. Sierra. She right. called me. Right. So you know what? She, Sierra is so kind that I don't know why she doesn't call me every time she copies an outfit. <laughs> right? She did, what's it going to be Halloween? I'll make, I, I made, I designed it. Call me. I think right. she's just a humble way of paying right. homage. But call me. Pay homage and pay me. No shades We love you. No shades here. Pay homage and pay me. Because I'll get you the right button and the right zip. Hello. And the right fingernail with the piercing. Yeah. But, I, see, Jenna had a private birthday party in really? Vegas. I don't know if you guys know about that, but it was a private birthday It was party. private. I don't think we did. Right. We couldn't post it on social media or anything, but Sierra, Little Kim, Questlove, everybody was there in this tiny little bar, and it was like so... And that shady Tiana Taylor. <laughs> don't talk about her like that. Who hates me so much. Oh, because she wore that pervert shirt. 
Oh, yeah. And I shaded it online. <laughs> and then her family, the publicist, and the boyfriend came after me. The husband. Mm. Whatever it was that came after me. <laughs> so I yeah. apologized because I didn't know Janet supported that. I just kept seeing people take. I designed Pervert too, like, because Michael and yeah. Lamar. So I saw, I walk up at Janet's party and I see Janet Taylor and I'm like this. I'm like, hi. She goes, and I'm thinking she has, she goes, I know you. You were mean at me on the social media. Excuse me? Yeah. Girl, you got a 10 pack of abs. Right, right, right. I go, Tiana, I go, hey, I'm really sorry. I said, I, I, I'm here to apologize. She gave me such a look. She was nice at the end, but I thought she was going to kill me. I thought that I had crossed the line so bad. You know, but. That's that Harlem. Why? I was a bitch. And for that, I take it back, you know, on social media. I said, don't you be copying my stuff, but all this homage to Janet. If I was with Janet for 31 years, every outfit they're copying, I did. But I, I hate what you saying because but it is they, 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 they feed a different generation. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I want the people to know about you too. Like, like look at where and I don't some even of this genius they, comes from. I don't care if they know. There's nothing yeah. wrong with spending it's the archive. a new spin on gotta, something. Gotta, I agree. Yeah. And, and I would, I, those, all those people, anybody wants to wear those looks, I'll do it for free. I'll put you in touch with the designer. I know who made well, I'm the original. I met you, so now I, I know where the original came from. <laughs> so wait, 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 real quick. So let's just back up a little bit. Go right. back up a little bit because you 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 were in a class with a lot of legends, and I know that Janet has lesbians. Legends. Oh, folks. Control. But did did you ever meet Kevin Aquan? Kevin Aquan was my best best friend in the whole world. Um, when I met Kevin Aquan. Okay, the first shoot with Janet Jackson was with Patrick, and it was Patrick DeMarchelier, Janet Satoon, Janet Jackson, and Kevin Kwan. Kevin was a legend then, and it was for Design of a Decade. It was 1993, I think we shot it. Mm. Um, I came into the studio, and I'm, I was best friends with Patrick after years of working, and I had probably had 75, 80 racks of clothes. Renee was still her husband. Over there was the makeup and hair room. Over here was Wayne Scott Lucas, the white boy. And nobody would talk to me. Nobody talked to me all day because I wasn't in the crowd yet. So I kind of stood there and I said to Patrick, I said, Am I, did I do okay? He goes, yeah, you're, she's a celebrity. You did great. She yelled. You did great. It's enough clothes. I was scared to death to meet her. A little bit on that, I was scared to death to meet Kevin. I would have done anything to have Kevin like me. So we start, am I talking too long? Or should no, I, no. We start hearing makeup. This is the thing that was with Kevin. This is the story people that know him know. They started hair and makeup at six. They didn't come out of the hair and makeup room until six. Twelve hours of me sitting there scared to death. Scared to death and just waiting for them to come out. And when they came out, Kevin walked right past me. Like I was garbage. Mm. And Janet came over and I said hi. And she said, she said hello. And she, I have pictures. She was tiny. And I made a joke about her family. I thought that I was being funny. And little did I know... A year later, we were on a shoot, and she said, you know, I was going to fire you that first day. She goes, you thought you were funny. I said, I thought I was fitting in. She goes, it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. It was funny, Janet. And <laughs> you just yeah, 30 years. Oh, yeah, I was, I, but she said, she said, I was going to fire you, and I had no idea, but I stayed, and we did good work, and at one point, Kevin would not talk to me. Like, I was garbage, and he knew who I was. Kind of, I wasn't anybody yet, but I was a little bit of a yeah, celebrity, right? Uh, yeah. And every time I see him at party, but you wanted Kevin so bad to love you because he was everything. So 
He's the best makeup artist in the world. No, but no, no, not, not even old Sam Fine, old gray man. Sam Fine, yeah. I'm getting all gray. He's falling. Come on, Sam. You know Kevin. He's pulling back a little bit. He better pull it back. He better pull it back. <laughs> ah, no, I just, I just <laughs> joked on Vanessa Williams. <laughs> no, we love Sam. I, I, no, I, Sam I, I introduced Sam to Janet when Kevin passed away. He was the first one she tried yeah, after. Yeah. And then I got Fran, Karen, uh, Janet Fran. That was, oh well. Fran Cooper, who stopped talking after 16 years. Anyway, so Kevin walks out and I go, I need some help. Can someone help me put Janet in this corset? I made a leather ball gown. Never, the picture never printed. Huge skirt, all in leather pelts and a leather corset and leather straps and buckles and cock rings and the whole thing. And I couldn't lace her in. So Kevin came over and he, I said, you got to put your foot in her back. And he put his foot out and we pulled and she's going, I can't breathe. I can't. And Kevin was here and we started to laugh. And that was the beginning of the connection. And when Kevin saw the first outfit, I think that what I did made him believe that I had talent. And he fell in love with the talent, not the person, but then the next outfit. And then the design event that they cover you guys will see in that Isaac, you know, coach okay. dress. And then we shot upstairs in an Hervé Leger, like in this black smoky makeup. And everything Kevin gave me, I challenged him more. And whatever I gave him, he then did the make. So there was this meeting of the minds that has never happened again with the makeup artist in this industry ever after 31 years yeah and the thing was at that point makeup artists and hairdressers have become famous mm -hmm. so you have famous stylists famous makeup and famous hair it used to be the photographer and the stylist picked the shoot made the plan and everybody listened to them right now it's egos right. it's personalities but at the top level at kevin at moira Mulholland, at you know the, i mean there's a million people out roxana floyd who did whitney with me for mm -hmm. years at that level, you work together, and you work together to do this amazing, great work. So, at the end of the day, Kevin said goodbye, and he kind of, you know, gave me. I think he gave me a diet coke or something. He had soda, but then there was another Janet job and another Janet job. And Kevin went. Tina Turner showed up at the VH1 Awards, looking like this terrible gorilla in these Issey Miyake sleeves and these leather pants. And Kevin goes, "You need Wayne." Kevin was the one that I never said this. Kevin was the one that introduced me to Janet's manager, Roger Davis, and got me Tina. And then I got Haynes with Tina, and then mm. we got Janet back again, and then I did Janet for 27 years with Janet Jackson and 18 years with Tina. And it's only because of Kevin Cohen. And me and Kevin became best friends, and because when you when you work with Tina and Janet, if those are, your, those are my two main clients, you're with Kevin every day on a plane. So we'd be on planes every day, and we would be flying back and forth, and we became the closest people, and then he kind of went off the deep end, which is so heartbreaking because the, the drugs really were, you know, it's come out, and they're coming out more, but the drugs really were uh, a detriment to this amazing talent. And he stopped getting hired, and he stopped getting work, and it just broke all of our hearts because you couldn't say it. And Gwyneth Paltrow says, I wish I knew. It's like, no, you wish that you didn't make yourself the main focus when you saw that he fell down, and he, you know, you, mm. celebrities are weird. You, Janet's a loyal. Tina Turner is a loyal, but a lot of these other ones, I, I have to tell you, after this many years in the business, they're not loyal. And, and you've been coached to be that. And you think that because all my life was Kevin, Janet, and Tina. So these are my best friends. They're not your best friends. Right. But with Janet and Tina, they were. And to this day, they still are. But it's not how the business runs anymore. And these kids, these influencers are doing jobs for 400 bucks and 100 bucks. So you're not booking your... You do a Janet Jackson video, 10 days, 8,500 a day, $85,000. Now it's like, we'll give you a tampon and a string and a hot dog. You know, make a video. <laughs>
Right. And the white screen. Right. So white screen. Yeah. And the green and a green, green screen. Green screen. You need. And you do this with the hot dog, and then all of a sudden it's a lesbian <laughs> video, and you win. Then you go on MTV. Bingo. Would you tell? We're not MTV. Those young stylists and fashion designers that are looking to the best advice. Grow. It's to tell Cardi B, don't go to the gay pride parade when you're four feet taller but not wearing heels. <laughs> Why? Why would she do that? Did you see her today? She's she's three foot one. She's in slippers. Oh. No. And she's walking through a crowd that's above her head at gay pride. It's a hundred. Come on. You know that when you're. Well, she doesn't want to be seen. She, having fun. she knows she was walking in the middle of the parade. Oh. You got people drink. Girl. No, she okay. had a nice little. No, they put it on one season. They put her on a float and she was tall as a motherfucker. Right. <laughs> what advice would I give? I said before, show up, shut up, yeah. and do good work. I also think that if you can kill your ego, which I can be funny now, but I will apologize as fast as I'm shady mm -hmm. and I will be as kind as fast as I can be me because it's, you know, my insecurity is what ruined me in some of my jobs. I was so insecure that I would get so mean and then I would think I was worth 10,000 a day. Same as Kevin. It was the same school back then. We made so much money and I would tell people to show up with honesty. And if people are rotten or if they suck, you bless them and you move on to the next client because these people are desperate. Mm. These celebrities are desperate to be stars and they will cut you before they will care if you've eaten today. So I would say just show up and it's an easier business now to get into. Mm -hmm. yeah. Almost anybody can be a stylist, honestly. Well, yeah. if, if, you meet a, if you meet a new Cardi B and she has a little bit of money and you only want $200 to show up and do a video and she hires you, you got a video on your reel. Then another one shows up, you do it for free, you got another video on your reel. Yeah, you got a portfolio. You got a portfolio right. and everybody wants you because Cardi B said you're great. Right. And that's why we love Cardi B and Tiana Taylor, because they are making these young stylists. And I will say, God bless these young black stylists, mm -hmm. famous. And they needed think, that, well, they, they needed the glow. I've done a great job with, with creating. Who's that? Uh, Colin. Mm -hmm. is, uh, I think yeah. he does a great job. Amazing. Listen, these young kids are doing these creative things. When I see bad stuff, like I would love to take Lizzo and I'd like to say, I know what you're trying to do. Here's how you tweak it. Right. Tweak it. Even tell her stylist with no tea, no shade. Mm -hmm. Tweak it. All right. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a Lizzo and I want to tweak it. I don't want to be trash. All I want to be, I want to put off confidence, but I don't want to be trashy. We rip this shit down to here. We pull this up and we have a party. Well, that do with the about pancake butter. Pancake's good. I pancake doesn't matter. Because if you have pancakes in the back, you don't have flapjacks on the front. Right. You've got to have a bump and a no You can't have a double dildo. You have a double dildo. There's one in the front and one in the back. There's no party. Am I right? No, but for the young styles out there, like these young celebrities, like I worship Cardi B when the stuff is good. I, Tiana Taylor, when the stuff is great, I worship it. When, you know, Lil' Kim, like at Janet's party, don't pick on little Kim when that when she you give her the microphone and she's singing at that party. You want to get on your knees and bow down to these girls. These girls are this is the goat shit. This is not a game. Well, little Kim did all the Mac They got to do more. They got to do more. And well, she's coming up. She seems like she's having a bit of a comeback. I love the fact that she's always in fashion. Oh, yeah. Oh, love she loves them. And Mark Jacobs loves she says. Mark Jacobs is in there. Boyfriend loves her. Yeah, they're best friends. You know what it is? Well, the truth of the matter is, you guys know this. The celebrities like Kim that are kind and nice and fun, just love them and worship them. We need them to take us to the next level because no one's taking us to the next level right now. You see, they even say it's not shoot. I love Edward and I love the idea of the pictures. What's coming with it? 
because they're so major. They heard a song. They're so yes. Yeah. And then that <laughs> one. And my biggest problem. Is, my biggest problem is the Janet Jackson fans, the young ones that don't go back in history. I got threatened death threats after the Super Bowl because that one producer blamed me on on one of those documentaries that I didn't do. They got death threats after the Super Bowl, and these young fans are like, "You ruined her career." <laughs> Do that. That that wardrobe malfunction wasn't me. And the anger that you're feeling is not your own. That's your parents. Hello. Hello. That's society. You know what I'm saying? Just just to speak, I got attacked on on Twitter by these kids because I said the Janet Jackson fans tend to be angry. But you you know what, guys? 31 years doing this. It's like I believe in you. I know you love your celebrity, but I'm going to tell every person out there. Unless you know the celebrity you're worshiping, don't get in fights on social media about them. They don't need it. They don't like it, and they don't see it. Janet sees it. And she goes, "Did they really threaten you?" I go, "Yeah, look at this." She goes, "Wayne, Lucas." She goes, she goes, "Lucas, that's not nice." I said, "What am I going to do?" I said, "I support you. I'm not going to throw shade. I'm just going to keep trying to be kind of half okay." That's shady ass mothers. And then there's a lot of people just coming in in the last ten minutes, like the last ten years of this person. You love Janet Jackson, and this little kid comes in five minutes and tells you what's going on. Right, good times. She played a shot. I don't think they had yelled at. And then um, they didn't even have gel now. That was peanut activator. Yeah. You remember the smell? You put that activator in the smell like peanuts. And the, uh, right. And different strokes. Remember different strokes? Oh, wow. Yeah. So first got the breast. Yeah. She's like, hey. Welcome to Puberty Jam. And my, my mother loved my mother I love loved that woman. Jackson, yeah, but so you know I'm the funny thing is we all did. Yeah. We all love those shows. We all love. So these they're kids. They're still on. Well, these kids that watch it on YouTube, they don't get it. They don't know. So they're going to say that I'm hateful, but this is what they get mad about. But the truth of the matter is. We love you. Keep supporting the celebrities, but you know what? Try to support each other. Well, you see why it's only a certain percentage of people successful because the butt hurt. You gotta be able to take it. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. You, and, and celebrities and take it every day. Mm -hmm. What was the stickiest um, situation you've been in? No pun intended. Our <laughs> <laughs> date tonight. <laughs> the sticky situation. Bring your sneakers. I know you've been in some kind of pickle. That you, yeah. that you couldn't eat yourself. Pickle or day tonight. Don't they have those pickles with hot sauce on them? Mm. That's right. Bring them sneakers. Have a, maybe, maybe cucumber because we don't want to mix the flavors. Um, what's the sticky situation? The Super Bowl. The wardrobe malfunction. No. That, um, it did damage to everybody, but people are, you can say this for your listeners, it didn't ruin Janet's career. It's total bullshit. She went on to have a successful album. It wasn't as successful as it, the other ones, but it was usually successful. And we did amazing press for four, like, I don't five, I stayed with her for six years after it, but the attacks, Michael Powell, this is good scoop, head of the FCC, son of Colin Powell, who was, you know, in, in politics. Colin Powell, Janet did like seven charities for it. Mike Colin Powell knows Susan DePass and all the people that work with the Jacksons. Mm -hmm. So for Michael Powell to come out as the head of the FCC and attack Janet for that, he caused the wardrobe malfunction press. He came out in 2000 and I want to say six, but I could be wrong. And he said, I did it for political gain. It wasn't Janet Jackson's fault. I never should have done this. And I owe Janet an apology. If your listeners and everybody notices, that never hit the press. Google it. And he'll say, I set her up. I set that up for political gain. Now that's heartbreaking. And then Les Moonves says, if this, I'm not going to say what he said, but he said a really derogatory word. If this, you know, word woman 
wants to ruin my TV station, I'm going to ruin her. And then Les Moonves went out, ruined Janet, and then he got fired for sexual harassment of his own, of his own people. Right. So you go, listen, people, always listen to the loudest complainer. <laughs> always listen to the one complaining the loudest. But we, it did damage to, I lost a job. I, the Grammy Awards Janet was supposed to be on. She got canceled. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be the new Grammy Awards red carpet. What are you wearing? I got fired that weekend because I wouldn't talk about the Super Bowl. So, and then Access Hollywood wanted me on to talk about it. I said, I can't. So they took a 1996 interview about Janet's breasts, where I say how to make them look great in the bra. And they said, Wayne Scott Lucas comes to Janet's defense. Total lies. And, and Janet's publicist said, don't sue. So we just had to keep our mouth shut. So we weren't able to fight them back. And God bless me with my friend. I'm glad I didn't because she asked me not to, but now fighting these fans now, if you go on YouTube and Those stuff, issues. they think they know everything about one now. They know nothing. So how about you being in this world? How do you stay grounded? How do you stay genuine and human? I would say God, number one. I hate to say God because it's like everybody says God, but I, my faith. And then I have a really good morally religious upbringing. And then I failed at the highest level of celebrity. I failed as a gazillionaire. I failed because of my ego. I didn't lose jobs. I didn't lose money. What I lost was myself. Mm. So my failure was losing myself. So how I stay grounded now is I go backward. And I care how the three of you feel today. And I care if I say something that offends you as I'm talking to him. I'm paying attention to all the things going on. And I want you to feel as valuable as the person you're asking. Excuse me, I think you're asking the questions to because... It's good that people know nothing gives me more value than any other person in this room, except for the guy in those bad sweatpants. But nothing, nothing gives me more value. It just connects us all. And if we can open these doors and connect, and these young fans, instead of attacking, say, I don't agree with you, and I'll say, well, here's the, here's the receipts. You weren't there 27 years ago. This is what Randy Jackson said. This is what so-and-so said. And this is why these things happen. No kids nowadays go backward, and that's the sad part. You have to go backward to go forward. And don't get choked back. Right. 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 Thank you so much. Good? Yeah. I appreciate Is there anything so else you want to, I guess, elaborate on? Are you, what are, yeah. what's next? What are, what are you working on? Any books? I just what's wrote next? A, I just wrote a book called Wardrobe Malfunctions. It's oh, war oh, and then Desperate Malfunctions. <laughs> and it's called The F Word. It's about fashion, football, and blah, blah, blah. So we're looking, <laughs> we're looking for... the football coming? No, we're the Super Bowl. Hello. Okay. We're looking for a publisher for that right now. And um, I got turned down a lot because people didn't want to know gossip. I had a lot of celebrity. I talk about 31 years in the business, succeeding and failing. And I, and I spill the tea like heavy on some people. And not in a mean way, because I take the piss out of myself. I know how I failed and how I succeeded. And I know my part in all these bad situations. So when I say that something was bad, I see my part. And it's a funny book. So that's coming. And I'm selling it an NFT, Tina Turner's dress. Me and Versace made a dress together, a skirt and a top that Tina Turner wore on the Wildest Dreams tour. And it became the most iconic dress in rock and roll history. And it was in the Metropolitan Museum of Art and Travel of the World. That's one of the best dresses ever made. So we're selling that. And the opening bid is about 250000 So we're selling the dress, pictures of the dress. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And me as a cartoon running through Paris, bringing the dress to opening night. So there's great things happening. But as great as it sounds, the world is in a bad place right now and it's scary and we struggle and I'm not very pleased about how things are going. So 
I can make this all sound great to be fabulous, but I'm right in there with, the, with everybody in the trenches. I'm just trying to survive. Having had success and having some money in the bank, I'm still trying to understand what we're trying to do and spread like this kind of hope and kindness that we're going to get somewhere else because it's got to be more than sitting on your computer typing mean things and it's got to be more than creating the next video dress and the videos go away and you never see anything again. So maybe making things for the blockchain, maybe making, we're making clothes right now that have these really great sayings so that I just made a line of clothes for breast cancer so that when you pull the shirt on, it says you're a warrior. So you read that before you put your breast cancer shirt on or before you put your, you know, your sickle cell anemia thing on. Like we're trying to make these clothes have a meaning. So I hope we can do something. I'm going to have some things in the museum when I die. And I'm going to have some great nieces and nephews that I helped raise when I die. And I hope that I've touched enough people. And I hope that what I'm trying to give is correct. Because if not, what did we do this for? Nothing, you know what right. I mean? It's right. this small. And we're that's not going to talk about that on your date tonight. Oh, what? <laughs> I love that's, you, man. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I mean, yeah, that's really beautiful because a lot of people don't share that information. So you know, how it really feels everybody like wants to be wants fabulous. To, everybody wants to make believe that it's, it's good and it's fabulous. I had a suit. My boyfriend killed himself in 2010. Mm. And I knew that I was in love forever. I, gay was bad. I told you earlier. Mm. And... All homosexuality was a sin. So to find someone that I fell in love with, and I was going to take that chance, six foot seven, ex-Navy, hello, I took the chance. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a suicide. And when these young kids attack and they say, you think you're so great? I don't think I'm so great. I think I'm just like the rest of you. I think that I've, I'm surviving. And coming back from all that, and no one knows, the first person that called after the suicide was Janet. I don't know how she found out. And I just picked up the phone and I sobbed. We hadn't seen each other in about three years, and I just sobbed. And she said, Lucas, I love you. That's all she had to say. And that's how you know. I almost lost the house once when I was struggling, and I took Janet to see Hairspray on Broadway, and I was late because I was, excuse me, I was filing bankruptcy. That's how bad it gets, but it seems good. And I said, I'm sorry, Janet, I'm late. I said, I was filing bankruptcy, and I said, I had to go to the lawyer. And she put her hand on my hand, and she said, Lucas, I don't know if this is too private to tell, but I'm going to tell it. And she said, why didn't you ask me? And I looked at her and I said, what? She goes, why didn't you ask me? Because I didn't want to be another person. I said, I never, I said, I never would have thought, but I'm never, I have goosebumps. I'm never going to forget this day that that night that I thought the world was falling apart. She said, well, you could have asked me. I'm glad I didn't, but how nice to know I could. Right. So tie that shit up in your bag. Hey, man. Hey, tail a pervert, too. Little Kevin, don't come to the body. Don't post it on Instagram. So thank you so much for us. Because you know what it is? A lot of people don't address that. Oh, psychological schizophrenia is um you having all of these mental problems, but they don't talk about low self-esteem. They don't talk about... And you know what? We all have it. I... I learned I had no self, low self-esteem, and then I learned what's the other one? Self-esteem and self, no self-esteem, no self-esteem. There was active. two things, and I learned it on a shoot when Diane Sawyer's maid made me get on the floor. She said my sneakers scuffed the floor in the kitchen. Oh. I had no self-esteem and no self-confidence and no self-worth. And I got on mm. that floor oh. with the paper towels, and she said, you missed a spot. Oh, wow. I was getting paid a lot of money, but I scrubbed that floor. And when I got up and told my therapist, she goes, you did what? Right. And I said, what was I supposed to do? She goes, you were supposed to stand up and have a banter and say, absolutely not. 
I'm sorry. We okay, I thing. didn't know. I would have been like, listen, I don't know. You, you work for <laughs> Diane Sawyer. She I must be a monster. I stopped you, but people, it, it was, I, people want to make you feel, that's what happens online. People want to make you feel smaller. Mm -hmm. They troll you. Because they feel small. And it's like, come and on, I, we're all the same. Mm -hmm. We're all the same. So that's the process. Well, you are fucking giant. I'm trying, you hear me? I'm trying. You're gigantic and your heart I'm is learning. bigger Thank than you anything. I'm learning every day. Mm -hmm. It's a process every day. And after the suicide, you decide if you want to live or die. And I decided to stay. And if I'm going to stay, I got to make some kind of difference. Do you know what I mean? Because if I don't, then I'm just going to be dating this And he don't want time. that. What? He don't want that. He's like, he's probably saying, this was my battle. It's not yours. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's you know? what we do. That's the biggest truth about suicide. Like anybody out there, you can always write me. You can always ask me about suicide. You can ask me about self-awareness and I'm there to support. I love you. Anybody. Thank you so much. Next week, so and I'm going to be the sweetest wearing skirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lady 1950. This is the Dina skirt wearing girl sneaking up on me. <laughs> I love you. Nice to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you. I love you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Shoot, dirty little boys. I got it. Come on. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I didn't like how fast my mask was. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have a wonderful, wonderful life. Thank you so much. I love the story, too.